We all want to feel peace in our lives, peace in our choices, our beliefs, our relationships, and our environment. I've learned that this desired contentment is often found through holding on to less. When we pare down what we own, what we consume, and what we value, we're left with what's intentional, a personalized curation of what is important and true and useful to us. I'm Shannon Laco, and you're listening to Paring Down, a podcast aimed at helping you declutter not only your home, but any area of your life that's overwhelming. Here, we're having interesting and honest conversations about the physical and mental clutter that drowns out what truly matters to each of us. And together, we'll learn how to pare it all down, not for the sake of perfection or becoming rigid, rather so we can move through life with less overwhelm and more joy, wisdom, and peace. Hi, you guys. We're back. I'm so glad you're here. Every single week, I get equally excited for another episode to come out, which is probably a good sign. I mean, I think that means I'm in the right business, and I hope you are enjoying it as much as I am enjoying recording these conversations and making this podcast. Uh, We are on week, gosh, I think it's week 16 right now, and so that means we've been at it for a couple of months, and the growth has been incredible. Uh, the feedback has been so positive. I'm so grateful for those of you who've taken a, a moment to write a review. I shared this story on my Instagram, on Paring Down Podcast Instagram, and the response was beautiful. But basically, when I was on my way home from Alaska a couple of weeks ago, I went and looked at my reviews because a girlfriend had said, hey, I'm going to leave a review for your podcast. And I was like, oh, I haven't checked those. I totally forgot, honestly. Um, And I was getting on the airplane on the runway and I looked at the reviews and there was this kind of weird troll review that had left me a one star about something that I'm positive I never have even said on the podcast, but it also wasn't even a bad thing. If I had said it, (laughs) this person was like, she's too woke because she said that education is a privilege. And I was like, well, education is a privilege. And also, I've never actually said that, though. So did you listen to the correct podcast? Because I'm like 99.99% sure I've never even said that on the podcast. But it wouldn't be a bad thing if I had. But either way, it was a very bizarre thing. And as a relatively new podcast, when you get one bad rating, it can really drop your star count because everything else was a five, but I didn't have many because I'm new. And so I told everyone on Instagram about this. And your guys' response going on and leaving reviews in order to counteract that troll have been amazing. And if you haven't yet, it would really mean the world if you'd go on and, you know, the leaving just the five stars is awesome. But if you can like write a little something and be like, she's crazy, but we love her, you know? (laughs) Anyways, that goes a long way. So I just wanted to say that, um, to say thank you and uh, to let you know that it means a lot. Uh, But anyways, we're on week 16. Still new, but I feel like we're getting in a good groove. And this week's guest is somebody who I've just come to adore. It's kind of like when Elizabeth Beam came on the podcast last week. Uh, She's someone that, you know, I had met online and I feel like we've become real friends. That's how I feel about Jane Conroy, who is our guest today as well. She also lives in Maryland, which is next door to my home state of Virginia. And I just, I don't know, I feel like I know her. Isn't that crazy? But anyway, let me tell you a little bit about 
Jane from The Simplified Home. Jane Conroy is a certified professional organizer who lives in Maryland with her husband and her three children. Jane has always loved organization and design, and after being introduced to the concept of minimalism in 2015, she began incorporating the idea of simplicity into her home decor and organization. In early 2023, she took a leap of faith and became a verified professional organizer. Soon after, The Simplified Home was born. The Simplified Home is a Maryland-based and women-owned business made up of Jane and her friend, Kelly. Together, they specialize in creating beautiful and functional spaces for their clients while aiming to simplify and bring peace back into their lives. I love their their, uh, company. I don't know if that's the right word for it. I guess it's a company, right? Uh, But what they do, because you'll hear Jane today and she's their organizer, like you heard, and uh, she's so good at decluttering and really helping bring out that peace in your home. And Kelly is a designer, so they can do both that interior design aspect and organization and decluttering, which I think is the dream combination. Because listen, I love throwing stuff away and I'm like pretty decent at organizing, but decor and like interior design. No, that's like a completely different skill set. Anyway, I just think it's cool that they teamed up like that. But today we're going to be talking to Jane and you're going to love her. Oh, and real quick, I wanted to tell you that starting next week, we're going to do another mini series. Uh, Remember we did Paring Down the Holidays back in December. So since Valentine's Day is coming up, I wanted to just do a quick mini series, Paring Down Relationships. This is getting to the root of what is important in our romantic relationships, but also tackling some major questions when it comes to how do we declutter our homes and manage our homes as a team, um, especially if one partner is not as into it as another, like doesn't want to throw away their stuff. (laughs) We all have one like kind of hoarder. I feel like the person who likes to get rid of everything marries the person who likes to keep everything and they live happily ever after. That's at least the case in my house. So anyways, next week's guest is really special. I'll be bringing on Dr. Tracy Dalgleish. She's a world-renowned psychologist and couples therapist to walk us through how to handle those tough conversations when we're decluttering alongside a partner who is resistant. Uh, So to get insight from somebody who actually knows what they're talking about when it comes to romantic relationships is the coolest. And then Aaron and I, my husband and I will be sharing our story of what that has looked like in our own relationship. And I also am going to do a solo episode where I kind of give you just the paring down spiel of my own love life (laughs) because it's quite a story and we're paring down relationships and what's important and I feel like I finally landed on what's important and thank goodness I love my husband but you know love stories are always interesting and fun to listen to so I was going to share that with you as well so that's what's coming up in the next couple of weeks on the podcast but today we are talking to Jane and it's going to be a conversation that is going to give you a lot of freedom and permission to live the peaceful life that you want. So let's dive into my conversation with her. Jane, I'm so, so happy you're here. Uh, Can you just introduce yourself to the listeners and tell everyone a little bit about what you do? Hi, yes. Um, Thank you so much for having me. My name is Jane Conroy, and I am one of the owners of The Simplified Home. I am the professional organizer of The Simplified Home, um, my business partner, Kelly, who wish she could be here. I'm sorry she wasn't able to make it, but um, she does more of the interior styling. And our goal for our clients is just to help them have a simplified home and be able to manage it while it also looking nice and, um, and beautiful. So that's what we do. Yes. 
that I love the combination of that because decluttering and organizing is one thing. And then like aesthetics is another. Mm-hmm. I am very bad at aesthetics. <laughs> so I love that <laughs> well, you guys we're here have... to help. <laughs> yes, I love it. It's great that you guys have both of you on the teams for both of those angles. So I'm curious, how did you personally get into organization as a profession? Um, okay, so it's kind of a long story, but organizing and design have always been passions of mine, like going back to childhood. Like I'm naturally an organized person. Like even before like the HGTV shows were on, like I absolutely loved it. When I was a child, this is so funny, but I loved Martha Stewart. <laughs> um, my my family would call me like little Martha and I even had like some of her books, which is Stop. I don't know what that says about me, but <laughs> were you devastated when she went to jail? Was that like a personal dark time in your life? You know, at that point I think I had moved on. <laughs> You know, HGTV had come out by then. and um, But yeah, you know, she is, you know, I think made a comeback though. Yeah, so it's just something I've always really enjoyed. And, you know, when it came time to apply to colleges, I really wanted to be an interior designer. Long story short, that did not pan out. And instead, I went to college to become a teacher, which I absolutely loved. I have no regrets about. I taught first grade for 11 years and just loved it. I, and I still miss it. But, you know, during this time, I continued to, you know, be organized and love design. And that whole, um, you know, that organizational trait that I have, it like really helped in the classroom. And, you know, kids in particular, just like thrive off of, you know, knowing where things are in the classroom and, you know, where the papers go and where the math tools are and so forth. So that really carried over well into um, into that career. So then fast forward again to 2019, we had our third and I stopped working. And, you know, we all know what the following year brought, 2020. Dun, um, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's always been my nature, I guess you could say, to help people, to want to help people. Um, You know, once a teacher, always a teacher. So when 2020 came, you know, everyone's locked down their house. And I started an Instagram page showing or giving tips to parents about like different, um, like little lessons they could do with their kids and crafts. And it was, it was very much geared towards a, a younger, the younger children. And then that developed into the journey of homeschooling my, my oldest. We don't homeschool anymore. Um, so when he went back to or started school, he started first grade, um, my page kind of morphed again into sharing my organizational journey and, um, you know, really, I don't want to say I'm a minimalist. I would describe myself as more of minimalish is what this community, you know, I'm sure you're familiar. So just um, sharing more of that and, you know, what that's brought to our family. And again, you know, I just, you know, everything I learned, I wanted to teach all these other people to help, you know, bring peace into their lives and make their homes more manageable. So then as I'm sure most towns do, our town has a local Facebook group. 
and somebody on there posted that they were looking for someone to come organize their kitchen. And I, you know, get onto Facebook and all these people have recommended me. I'm like, well, I'm not a professional organizer. <laughs> so I mean, it's very flattered, but, um, you know, that's just not what I did. And so, but all these people are recommending me. I was like, you know, I'll just sort of like take a leap of faith here. That sounds fun. You know, I could, if I could do it in my own home, why not somebody else's? So um, I ended up going to this girl's house and we worked together to declutter and organize her, her space. And it turned out so well. And I had such a great time and loved it that I decided, you know, I, I could do this. So um, before I took on any clients um, or started and started my company, I did get my certification from the American Society of Professional Organizers. So I am a certified professional organizer now. Yeah, before I knew it, the Simplified Home was born and here we are. And voila, I just love yeah. one of my favorite things about organizers or people who share about decluttering. You know, obviously I'm not an expert. I, I share the tips that have worked for me. But something I love about this space on a professional side is just filled with people who are following what feels right for them, right? You're not going to become a professional organizer because like it pays well or because you, I don't know, had some giant class about it. And, you know, you're going to do it right. because you love to do it and probably because it's impacted your own life, kind of like you said in in the classroom. And it's so interesting because now you're the second teacher I've talked to about how that skill really worked so well in the classroom. And it's something that I've noticed at home with my kids, right? I'm not a teacher, but I have three small children. And our art closet is very organized and not cluttered. And I've had friends be like, how do your kids play? So, well, specifically my five-year-old. I don't let my three-year-old and two-year-old have <laughs> access to the art closet without my help because they would take scissors to their hair um, or their eyeballs. But my five-year-old will go in there and he creates these awesome projects, right? Like yesterday during his quiet time, he does an hour and a half of quiet time in his room after school. He comes out afterwards and he had made this paper stocking for our new dog. We haven't ordered her Christmas stocking yet. And I know that this will come out way past Christmas. But hey, people, we're recording in November. But anyway, <laughs> so um, he like comes out and he had made this paper stocking and he had like taped the sides of it so that the top was open, open. And then he had used a hole punch and put the string through the top. And he just created this masterpiece of a sweet little stocking we could hang in the interim before Chai's comes in. And I thought, man, if we didn't have an art closet that he felt so comfortable and that he was so organized knowing where everything is, I don't think his little creative juices would flow. And so that makes a lot of sense to me that yeah. that shows up in the classroom too. And I, I love that. So I'm curious actually about the name of your company, The Simplified Home. What made you guys decide to focus on that side of organization in just how you market yourselves? So for me, um, I've always been like, like I said, I would not describe myself as a minimalist. We're more minimalish. And that I started back when I guess, you know, a few years ago, we weren't really hearing that term. Um, and for me personally, I started hearing the word minimalism um, when the documentary Minimalism came up, came out on Netflix. I highly recommend Same. it. It's so good. Yeah, Although so I kind of got mad at them recently. I'm like, should I air my dirty laundry? But they took a big dig at Taylor Swift recently. Oh, Have you they? seen that? 
Yes. No. And I was so upset about it. I was like, no, you're my favorite. You like inspired me. Don't be mean to successful oh, no. women. But anyway, okay. <laughs> but yes, it's a great documentary. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look into that. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, so that is what really got me into, you know, I've always been organized, but um that really encouraged me to declutter more. And I found that when we had less stuff, the home was just so much more manageable and simple. You know, the word simplified, you know, means to make easier. And my goal for people is to make their house easier to manage um, so that they can, you know, feel at peace in their home and, and not stressed. And, you know, their home is their safe space. That's what I really wanted my business to be focused on, just creating a simplified home. Yeah. That is so beautiful. And I just think that such an important piece of, of the puzzle here is that this isn't about organizing your home and decluttering isn't about how it looks. I mean, it will probably look more calm and there is something to visual clutter versus not having that visual clutter Mm -hmm. uh, from like a mental health standpoint, but it's not about how it looks, right? It's about how it works for us and simplifies our lives. And I just love that that's the goal for you. It's like, Hey, listen, it will be pretty, but that's not what the end goal here is. Uh, So I think that's so important. You know, you're an organizer, but obviously decluttering goes hands in hand with that. So how does that process work for you? How do you incorporate decluttering before the organizational stuff happens? Yeah. So, um, you know, I tell all of my clients, we can't organize until we have decluttered. Um, Decluttering is definitely a key part to organizing. Um, It should always be step one. You know, so many times people will try to do this themselves and, you know, and I'm not saying people can't do it themselves, but they'll miss that, that part and then end up just going out and buying the baskets and just shoving all of the things into baskets. And sure, it looks pretty, but it's not really organized. It's just, you just put the clutter into, um, into a pretty basket. Yeah, so when I go into a client's home, the first thing we always do is we declutter. So we set apart, set aside time to go through literally everything. Going back to like the kitchens that I've done, everything, every single thing comes out of the drawer. You know, you're not just like digging through the drawer, digging through the cabinet, like everything comes out. I think that that's a mistake a lot of people make when they are decluttering, they forget that step, taking everything out. So we'll take time, we go through everything, we sort everything. And then once you've decluttered and sorted things, you might realize, oh my gosh, like I have, you know, 10 pairs of scissors because I bought a new pair of scissors every time I couldn't find mine. (laughs) So then we, you know, we'll pare down the scissors and, uh, or, you know, whatever it is. And, and then eventually go and move on to the organizational stage. I feel like you are in my house right now because <laughs> I opened our drawer. That's like, you know, it's not our junk drawer because I do have it organized, but it would be considered a junk drawer if it wasn't organized in terms of, of what we keep in there. And I'm like, why do we have four pairs of scissors? This doesn't makes sense. And I don't know why I, I just, every time I open it and I have a whole podcast about decluttering and I haven't gotten rid of those scissors yet. I just let them annoy me every time I open the, the drawer and I'm like, why do we have four scissors? Take them out, Shannon. Like 
it's a thing. And I think what you said is so important, like the taking everything out, because as human beings, we we want to streamline a process and just make it go as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. But if you don't take everything out, then you're not actually going to be able to figure out, oh, in this drawer, I had one pair of scissors and this drawer, I had another pair of scissors. And, you know, it yes. like, makes the sorting process so much better. And so the decluttering happens a lot easier. Yes. So when you're helping clients declutter, what do you do with that mindset of like, what if I need this later? So I will often ask those, those clients, you know, well, when is the last time you used it? If ever, you know, a lot of times things like still have tags on them or still are in bags, believe it or not. Um, and so I'll ask them that and they're like, well, you know, I bought it five years ago. I'm like, you know, I think it's time to let it go. Now there are some clients that, you know, in particular really struggle with that. And I, you know, I respect that. So what I'll suggest is um, putting it all into a box, moving it to, you know, your basement or garage, waiting a month or so. And then if they haven't gone to it, you know, it's time to donate to maybe somebody who, who really could use it. And having that conversation too of, you know, there's somebody out there that probably could really use this. Um, and it's not serving you, but it could definitely, you know, serve somebody else. And I, I think that helps a lot of people change their mindset on, on that. So many people also are worried about, you know, well, I spent my money, my money on this, you know, what if I do need it again? And then, you know, I'm having to spend more money on it. And I also encourage, so in that case, if it's something, um, they could borrow, for example, somebody recently, I was um, helping them with their kitchen and they had like a, like a smaller air fryer and then a really big one. And I was like, okay, well, do you really need two air fryers? And um, she's like, well, we use the small one all the time. I'm like, great. Okay. Like for sure. Keeping that the big one I maybe used like two years ago, but what if we have like a big family party again and I need it? So I, you know, suggested to her, like, well, what, you could borrow one, you know, maybe find somebody who does have, you know, this and uses it all the time and you could just go ahead and borrow theirs. So yeah, there's, you know, different ways around that. And there are yeah. different ways around it. And I, I love the borrowing. I love the idea that a lot of the what if items are what if items in most people's homes, right? Like we might have like a what if ice cream maker. I don't know yes. if anyone else does, but my family has a what if micro or ice cream maker. <laughs> um, and I love my husband and he has made ice cream, but it's like every three years. Mm -hmm. And I, I forget if it was a podcast I was listening to or something on Instagram, but someone said that they, uh, they thrift a new ice cream maker every summer when they decide it's time to make ice cream because that's like something they can always find at the thrift store. And sometimes it is their own ice cream maker, but they're like, I'm basically paying $5 for storage at the thrift store like year oh round. Oh my gosh. And I come back and I get it the next summer and I've paid $5. I would rather pay $5 and have that take up like a whole shelf on my pantry, you know? And I just yes. thought that was such a funny thing. And it's probably so true that our what if items can often be found secondhand because they're what if items for other people. Yes, yes. Yeah, I just thought that was really funny. Um, and 
And I love that you're gentle with them and you take the slow approach, like just put it aside and put a number on the amount of weeks or months that you're going to let mm-hmm. it sit there and not just be like, and it will sit there for all of time. Like, no, like put a number <laughs> yeah. on it and have a boundary yeah. with yourself. Um, and I, I'm curious from your experience with so many people, what is the biggest reason that you have found that they just keep too much stuff in their houses? Um, well, you know, as you mentioned before that, what if, you know, what if I, I need it for sure. But the biggest one I would say is guilt, you know, whether it's family members giving their children like lots of presents, they have the guilt of, you know, letting it go or whether somebody gave them something, the guilt of of letting it go. And I find that so often all these people need is just permission. You know, it's okay. It's in your home and you can make the the choice of whether, you know, it's it's serving you or not. And again, having that conversation of, of, you know, maybe it could bless somebody else. So guilt is definitely a big, a big one. And also sentimental items. A lot of people, especially when it comes to their children's things, want to keep I was helping a woman um, several months ago. I think she's kept every single piece of artwork her her three children have ever made. And it's so sweet. And, you know, like, I trust me, like, I get it. Like, you just, like, cherish those, um, those things that come home from school and things they've made. But it's important to, you know, really decide what, is meaningful and what you want to hang on to because you just, you can't hang on to every single thing that comes through your door. Right. That's the thing is you just, you can't, it's just not reasonable. And our little Mm -hmm. soft hearts want to so bad, but we have to sometimes just put our foot down with ourselves. It could be a gentle foot, but be like, I just can't keep it all. And when it comes to artwork, artwork for my kids right now, they just get so much, you know, sent home from school and the way I look at it is if I opened this in a box of like my mom's sentimental items from when I was five is this something that I would think is kind of cute and cool and Mm -hmm. if it's not then I just don't hold on to it I mean I might hold on to something that would require a story, right? Like Anders is obsessed with hammerhead sharks and he makes these great uh, hammerhead shark drawings and he'll cut them out and tape them all over the walls. And I love it. It makes me so happy. So I kept one of those. Now, when he is 50 years old, is he going to look at that and be like, wow, five-year-old Anders is a hammerhead shark prodigy? No, he's going to be like, what is this little hammerhead paper shark? Right? So you can keep some of those that are meaningful as a parent, that kind of thing. But like handprints and footprints and those kinds of things I think are really cool because they represent you. Such a sucker for for the that's very difficult for me the little handprints and things. Yes, but those are the ones that I keep, right? Like I, yeah. I don't keep all of them, but if it's a mm-hmm. very cute little project and it has their hands that shows what size they were that Halloween when they make a little hand pumpkin print patch or yes. whatever, you know, like yeah. a handprint pumpkin patch. That's a lot of peas there. I don't know what I said, but you know, you get the picture. Um, you know, so but choosing those kinds of things and having those boundaries with yourself and say, I'm only going to keep the the handprints or I'm only going to do this. You know, so you offer vision or sorry, virtual decluttering. I'd yes. love to dive into that a little bit because what a great service because people can be 
anywhere. And I think just like any service, a lot of times people don't know who to hire and how to find them. So tell me about that. Yeah. So um, the whole virtual organization decluttering is sort of a new field and and one that people really aren't so familiar with. Um, So I'm so excited to share about this. Um, You know, so many people don't know where to start. They get really overwhelmed and they just need somebody to kind of coach them through that process. So when somebody hires me to, um, to do that, the first thing we do is we sit down, you know, through, uh, the computer and we just talk about, you know, how is the space making you feel right now? What's working? What's not, what are your strengths? Um, what do you need help with? Um, just creating an action plan and goals. I try to focus on like, how do you want to feel in this space? Because at the end of the day, I think that's what really matters, how you're feeling in your space. So then after we've created those goals, that action plan, I'll give them a little bit of homework, um, you know, a list of things to gather before our first decluttering session. I'll tell them to do like a quick um, swipe, like let's say it's an office, a quick swipe through the office, you know, get rid of trash, things that you like 100% sure, sure know that you don't need, things that maybe, you know, don't belong in the room. And then um, during that first session, we I will coach them through, um, okay, let's start in this little area right here, and, and I'll go through, through it with them. And like I mentioned earlier, so many people just need that permission. Like, it's okay. You know, you, if it's, you know, something you don't need or want or use, like, it's, it's okay to to part ways with it. And I'll help them uh, sort. I I teach them to, you know, have a box for things to donate or sell, a box for belongs somewhere else in the house, a box for, you know, obviously the keep box. And then once everything has been um, sorted through and I will do hour increments. I, you know, I have found that people kind of get overwhelmed after about an hour doing it that way. So um, it's best to just do, just stick to an hour. You know, clients will be motivated though a lot of times and like, just keep doing it. (laughs) Um, And I'll see like, you know, huge progress once I come back, which is so awesome. Yeah, but once that decluttering phase is, is over, we'll talk about products that work for them and then I'll help them, you know, uh, decide where things go and how to organize them and and so forth. That's amazing because you're so right. I mean, as it's interesting because we are all, you know, independent and autonomous human beings and we're adults so we can like make our own decisions. And yet there is this side of us that when we're making such a huge change to our lifestyle, we need someone who's done it before, who's been Mm -hmm. there who has the experience to say like, hey, you're going to be okay. And it is okay to do this. And I feel like a lot of times our inner turmoil comes from not sharing an experience that's difficult with somebody else, with somebody who can help us. Um, And that can go for any area of life, Um, not to get too off track, but it reminds me even of when I had a newborn and I was struggling. My husband was out to sea, so I was by myself. I had this five week old who didn't sleep. And, you know, with your first, you don't know anything and you just feel like, is this going to be forever? Like I have, I sleep 
45 minute increments three times a night. So like two hours and 15 minutes total a night was what I was getting. He wasn't sleeping. And I later found out because he wasn't getting enough food and like, you know, it was just all a mess and Aaron's gone and I'm losing my mind. And I was uh, staying at my parents' house because I, of course, I just like couldn't manage myself or my sweet little baby. Um, but there was, there were a lot of, of difficult things, right? Because you need your own space when you have a newborn too, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and so finally, Aaron was like, hey, I'm sending my buddy's wife. You've never met her before. I'm sending her over to the house and she just wants to talk to you. And I was like, there's no way I'm having some stranger over in my house. Like, I don't even my, know my own name. And he was like, don't worry. She's going to bring dinner. She's making dinner. You're supposed to sit in a chair with Anders and she's just going to chat with you about things that have helped her. And I thought, this is outrageous. But I said, okay, because I was so desperate. And she came over and she just gave me permission. She said, Shannon, you can do this. If you need to gentle sleep train just so you can get, because you don't have any support from your husband overnight or whatever. And my parents were great. I don't want to like downplay their support. But, you know, like she told me, A, I could do it. I will be okay. Um, mm -hmm. And B, she gave me permission to change what I was doing, to, to have a little bit of a different approach. And it changed my whole parenting life. She left. I moved out of my parents' house back into just Anders and me in our little house and did some very gentle sleep training with him. I mean, he was only six weeks old, but just enough to get him comfortable in his crib um, next to me. And it changed everything. And I just needed that permission. And so this can go for anything in life. And I love that you offer that because you have been there, you know what you're doing, and you're such an kind person. I mean, obviously oh, it's so nice you. to be able to talk to you and you have this gentle approach with people and, you know, stuff can be really personal. So yeah. to have someone gently say, it's okay. And you can do this is yes. so powerful. Yes. That yes. is so powerful. So when you do work through decluttering with people what are those emotional reactions you get positive like when it's all done or not all done because it's never all done let's be honest but when <laughs> they have seen the change what benefits do you see emotionally for your clients oh my gosh I mean I see people do like like a 180 you know so many times when I do that initial consultation with people they're just like very overwhelmed and you know, they've reached a breaking point. And then during the process, you just see them like, almost like a weight being lifted off their shoulders. And by the end, you know, things I've heard them say, like, I just feel like so much less stressed in my home. I know where things are. Even though I'm usually just working with one person that, you know, it, typically it's the, the mom. <laughs> um, it, she will mention, uh, you know, it's like having a positive impact on the entire family. My kids have a system now of where things go. My husband, you know, is happy that he, you know, can find his, the paper that he needs. You know, everyone's just calmer and at peace and it brings them joy and which then brings me so much joy. Like, I just love it so much. Oh, I love that. It's such a, it's a very uh, kind of like black and white before and after kind yes. of a, an experience. And that is the most satisfying thing in yes. the world. Yeah. I love to know it's satisfying for you, even if it's not in your own home. 
Oh my gosh, it is so satisfying. And you know, I really like kind of worried about, I was worried about that when I first started this business, you know, when you declutter and organize something in your own space, it's like the best, you know, it's obviously the best feeling in the world, at least for me. <laughs> um, and I was worried, you know, will I still get that same like um, feeling? And yes, you really do. That's it's awesome. Amazing. And so I'm curious, do you have a favorite space to declutter or organize? Um, I have two. So one space I really like doing is the kitchen, which is really funny because I don't cook. <laughs> like I do not like to cook. My husband gets all the credit. He's a, an amazing, amazing chef. But what I like about the kitchen is that everything has a space already. You know, there's cabinets, there's drawers, there's the pantry. It's nice having like a designated area for everything already. And I also really like encouraging people when, when we're doing the decluttering, you know, if you have a product that is only serving one purpose, is it really necessary? And I'm trying to think of an example. The only thing I can think of off the top of my head right now is, is a bottle warmer. <laughs> um, uh, I, I we were just talking about babies. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so babies were on my mind. And I'm like, well, you know, you can you obviously keep the bottle warmer or, you know, what I did is I would just, you know, nuke it in a cup of warm water or, you know, and it works just, just, just as fine. And that cup can also be your drinking glass and, um, so products that, you know, I, I love encouraging people to, to pare down that way also. So yeah, so kitchens are, are great, but I also really love doing playrooms, kid spaces, the teacher and me, um, kids are sort of my, my specialty and I have, you know, found and researched all these, you know, things about kids and, and their toys and kids just do so much better with less. And I just love sharing those facts and statistics with with my clients when it comes to children's spaces and um yeah I, I I just really enjoy that I love it you know and for the sake of this kind of theme of giving permission what would you say directly to any listeners who are like oh my gosh my kids have so many things but I feel guilty getting rid of them and like you know, I don't know where to begin with my kids stuff. Like what kind of permission can you give them to kind of get rid of some of these toys for their kids? Yeah. So with our own children, we have, um, we talk to them a lot about donations and giving to children in need. You know, a lot, my kids now we've talked about it so often that my kids now will say, you know, I don't play with this stuffy anymore. I want to give it to a kid that doesn't have any stuffies. Now, don't get me wrong. They are like still, you know, very territorial of, of, of certain things. They are kids. Um, they are human. But, you know, when it comes to children's things, kids will play more when they have less. Kids get very overwhelmed when there's lots of choices and then naturally they just kind of shut down and are, are bored. So, you know, hearing that I think helps parents too realize, you know, my child really doesn't need these things anymore. They haven't played with them in several months. 
they're more than likely not going to play with them again. I, I also really encourage parents, and this is kind of going off track a little bit from the organization. This is going back to my early childhood roots um, to keep the toys that promote creativity. I saw this really cool thing on um, on Facebook the other day, and it was comparing a toy cookie to um, uh, like a little, I actually think they call them cookies too, like the little tree chopped up pieces. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. There's probably I don't a better know. term. But it was like the plastic cookie is a cookie, but the, tr- the tree cookie thing can be um, a pancake. It can be a cookie. It can be a plate. It can be like all these things. So I just, I encourage parents, like when you're paring down the toys, keep those toys that promote that creativity and they can serve so many purposes. I think I just said this on maybe a different episode, but I I don't have a ton of food for our toy kitchen. They mm-hmm. do love their toy kitchen and we have some food, but if they need more, they go grab their Duplos and a red one becomes yes. a strawberry and a green one becomes an avocado, you know, and yeah. they, they don't need the literal thing in front of right. them to be creative. And really and, what a gift we're giving our kids by doing that because they're, you know, you're promoting that creativity. Yes. It's a good parenting skill. It's so yes. great. And, you know, I think a, a big piece of this permission too, that I'd love to add is, is that, we can include our children in decluttering. I'm a big fan of doing that, especially once they're maybe three and older. You know, like my two-year-old, I don't have to feel guilty about taking a toy that he plays with once in a while, but mostly he just throws. Like, does he play with it? Sure, he does. But not in the way that I want him to, in the sense that it's like, you know, dangerous or scratching up our floors. And just take it away. And they might notice it and say, where's this? And you just say, oh no, it's all gone. I don't know where it is. And it is what it is, right? They're too. Like they're going to be fine. You're not scarring them. I think once they get a little older and they get more attached to things, um, including them, especially when it comes to things they're more attached to is important. Absolutely. Like I declutter sometimes, you know, pieces of food from their, their kitchen without talking to them because if they ask, it'll be like, listen, the dog ate most of it and it's, (laughs) it, it needed to go, you know, like, or, you know, it's fine. Where's my little rubber ducky. You guys hadn't touched it in a long time. I know mommy usually includes you, but that one, it was gross. It had mold in it. Bye. Right. Right. So I can kind of reasonably tell them when I declutter without them. There's a balance, but Mm -hmm. the permission aspect here that I want to offer people is that even when you are working with your kids to declutter, that doesn't mean that they get the rule of the roost. The roost, is that how that phrase goes? You know what I mean? They are not in charge. You still are the parent, you know? And we want to respect them. They don't rule them. the roost. That's rule the is. roost. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassing. But anyway, so, you know, they might be uncomfortable. The idea of including our kids with decluttering isn't that they get to make every single choice. We want to say Mm -hmm. yes as much as possible. But if they are uncomfortable or disappointed, it's okay. The idea is that you're walking them through those emotions and saying, you know, why do you feel this way? Who can we possibly give this to? What are, what's a compromise we can come up with together? It's letting them know you respect them, but also you are the parent. And it is okay if your kids are uncomfortable getting rid of some things. That is yes. part of life. And that is going to be a really great lesson for them to have in the long run too. So I, yes. I just want to give parents permission. It is okay. 
if your kids aren't like perfectly happy every second of decluttering, you know? Um, Okay. For the sake of time, I'm just going to ask you one more question before I get to the two fun questions I ask everyone at the end. And that is, what is just your biggest tip for someone who is starting their simplifying journey in their home? Definitely to start small. I always recommend, you know, don't look at the whole house, focus on one little area, start with a countertop, a drawer, a cabinet, a closet, you know, something small and go from there. Don't start in the garage. (laughs) You know, like most Americans have very messy garages. I can honestly say mine is not looking too great right now myself. Uh, um, uh, Yeah, so just start small and really focus on how are you going to feel when this is this is all over. And also remember that it's a marathon. It is not a sprint. Recently leading up to Christmas, not to like throw shade on other people on Instagram, but I've seen a lot of people doing like decluttering challenges, like declutter your whole house before Christmas. And while maybe like for somebody like you or you or I that have already you know, decluttered our homes, that that whole idea, like, you know, getting rid of some, a lot of things before Christmas might work. For most people, it's not. Like, you're just going to feel overwhelmed and you're going to shut down and then not get anything done. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And, you know, just focus on one little area at a time. Mm. Progress over perfection. Yes, yes, for sure. So good. So good. Well, thank you so much for your insight and all of this. And I am excited to ask you, what is an area of your life that you are currently paring down? My clothes. I have a really hard time. I own it. I have a really hard time with clothes. Um, Bathing suits. I just tried to declutter my bathing suits recently. I forget how many I had in total, but I got rid of like 20 some and I still have way too many. Isn't that so embarrassing? (laughs) It's not embarrassing. (laughs) It's just life. And as women, I think I saw you mention this too on your Instagram story when you were getting rid of the bathing suits. Like as women too, we fluctuate our weight and our style changes and what's practical changes when you have kids versus when you don't. And if you go on vacation with your husband, you're probably wearing a different suit than when we were with the kids at the swim class. I get it. Absolutely. Yes. That's a good one. And I really had to like think about okay, you know, I need to give myself permission. Like, I'm going to get rid of this. And if one day I do fit into that size again, I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy myself a new one. <laughs> I had to do that recently too. I was like, Shannon, really? Why are you holding on to your honeymoon bikinis? Like, it's fine. <laughs> like, if you ever get to that size again, which it doesn't matter if you do or you don't, but if you happen to, like, they're, they will make pretty bathing suits at that time in your life. So, okay. And what is something that you look forward to in your life right now? Something you're looking forward to? I can't remember when this is going to uh, debut this podcast, but um, I'm really looking forward to going to New Orleans for Thanksgiving. Um, My husband's family, he has family there. And the last time we got to visit was February 2020. 
for Mardi Gras. Oh my Gras. gosh. So it's been three years. Yes, More than so that. It was right before the world shut down. Right. Um, Piper, our, our daughter, our youngest was, oh gosh, I don't know, like six months old. His cousins had another baby since then. Like, so we're so excited. We're so excited to go down there and the kids are so excited and yeah. I'm so happy for you. That's going to be awesome. Okay, Jane. Well, where can everyone follow along online and hire you for a virtual decluttering session? Let us know where we can find you. Yeah. So my Instagram is at the simplified dot home. Our website is the simplified home LLC.com. So either one of those, you can reach out to us and we'd be so happy to help you. Love it. And I will make sure that all of that information is in the show notes. So everyone can just go click on the link that they want to follow. And thank you so much, Jane, for having you. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. You just listened to an episode of Paring Down with me, Shannon Laco. If you enjoyed the show, it would mean the world if you can leave a review wherever you listen and share this episode with a friend. Those reviews really are what keeps a podcast on its feet for the long haul. And I will read every single one with a huge smile on my face. So thank you ahead of time. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit subscribe. Also, be sure to follow along on Instagram at Paring Down Podcast, where I offer lots of tips and inspiration for paring down, along with what's new here on the podcast. Till next time.